0: Howdy, Goal Achievers. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your friend and your host, Hal Elrod. We just got done with the uh, fifth annual Best Year Ever Blueprint Live Experience. 500 Goal Achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community in San Diego for... It was really just a just a special weekend. But in fact, I'll, I'm sure I'll do a recap episode of the event uh, here probably in the next week or two or three or shortly today is not a solo episode so you don't have to or get to listen to me for the next hour uh you're actually going to hear from someone who i've uh, admired from afar for quite a while and uh this gentleman we are not we haven't known each other well we're just getting to know each other in fact this is our second take uh probably a month few weeks ago i guess it was uh we actually recorded a podcast interview and it was great and somehow it didn't record there was some tech error and so uh, I'm actually excited about that. Everything happens for a reason, right? This falls in that category because I ended that interview and I went, oh man, I, you know, I thought of all these questions. It's like anything, right? You end a conversation and you think, oh, I should have said that. Should have asked that. Should have, right? And so I actually thought of a lot of things I wish I would have asked during that interview. And uh, so it was a blessing in disguise. I think the audio didn't work because now I am getting to have another conversation uh, with Ryder Carroll. And if you're not familiar with Ryder, he is a digital product designer. And he's the inventor of the bullet journal. And writer, if you don't know about the bullet journal, by the way, it was created something writer created out of kind of necessity. For years, he tried countless organizing systems, both online and off, but none of them fit the way his mind worked. And out of sheer necessity, he developed a method called the bullet journal that helped him become consistently focused and effective after he was diagnosed with ADD. And when he started sharing his bullet journal system with friends who faced similar challenges, it went. Viral, and just a few years later, uh, really to writer's astonishment, the bullet journaling method is a global movement. And I think all of us want—you know—many people we want to start movements, we want to change the world. Uh, and the reality is, very few people actually do that. And Ryder has created this global movement. My business partner, Honoré Quarter, is a bullet journaling fanatic, and she has been for years. And as a result of what writers created, he's had the privilege of working with companies like Adidas. American Express, Cisco, IBM, Macy's, and HP. He has been featured in the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Fast Company, Bloomberg, Lifehacker, and Mashable. And his first book just launched, The Bullet Journal Method, Track the Past, Order the Present, Design the Future. And uh, that is available at all your favorite book retailers, The Bullet Journal Method. And it is my good pleasure. writer. welcome, my friend. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh,
0: yeah. It's it's a pleasure. Uh, Take two, right? This is our deja vu uh, moment. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm excited for today's discussion uh, because I think it's perfect for the Miracle Morning community and the Goal Achievers podcast. And the reason I say that is, you know, the core of the Miracle Morning is this acronym that is the SAVERS. It's a silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading. And then last but not least and most relevant to today is the final S in SAVERS stands for scribing, which is a you know fancy word for writing, or as my friend JP Sears said, it's a pretentious word for writing. (laughs) But the bullet journal, in my opinion, the bullet journal method is essentially like the it's like scribing, you know, the ultimate scribing. It's the ultimate, all-encompassing scribing practice. Now before we get into that, and that I want to spend the large majority of our time today talking about scribing, bullet journaling, how you know, et cetera. But before I do, I have a couple of questions related to your goals and uh, your journey getting where you are now first question is what would you say what is the most meaningful goal that you've ever achieved uh, and it could be even the most meaningful recent goal you know I know you've you've done a lot in your lifetime but but what was the most meaningful goal you've ever achieved and and what did you learn uh, by achieving it
1: well I would have to say the first thing that comes to mind is writing a book I'm not a I'm not a writer or I wasn't right I'm so a digital product designer. Yeah. So setting out to write this book uh, was incredibly challenging. I mean, I knew why I wanted to do it. The, the purpose was very meaningful to me, but the actual execution of it was <laughs> very, very challenging. Yeah. And uh, now that, it, that it's done and, and that, that that's wrapped up, and looking back on it, it's, it's, um, it's hard to believe that it was done right? It's, it's, yeah, it yeah. validated a lot of the things that I, I believe to be correct, which was, which obviously was a wonder, wonderfully motivating experience because when you set out to write a book, like, you know, you, you have all sorts of plans and halfway through, they go right out the window, right? Yeah. It's, it's, incredible learning experience.
0: Yeah, I know as, as a fellow author, I can relate. And I actually, I want to ask you something, which I just thought of here, because I just finished a book as well. or just finished writing a book. And so my question for you is, I want to, this is kind of like, a, is it just me question? Which is, once your book goes back to the editor, you know, like it goes to the final print, do you not throughout the day, almost every day think of things you wish you would have done differently or put in the book? Like just to me, it's like, it's never, I wish I could just go back and change it all the time. Is that something that you've experienced as well, where you think of things? Oh gosh, I should have put this quote in, or I should have, I, I should have said this differently, or have, have you had that experience at all? No, it was
1: perfect immediately,
0: <laughs> of course,
1: <laughs> all the time. I mean, until this moment right now. I mean, it yeah. brings me back to that. Uh, Ira Glass said, I think he said that like, the, the, the challenge is, especially with like young creatives, is that you have taste and you have ability right I, I don't know if i'm getting that entirely correct but the challenge is that uh, your your ability doesn't live up to your taste you might have really excellent taste but you're not able to you know, actually execute on your own level of taste and i felt like that happened to me a lot like i had this idea and this concept and i keep trying to improve it and refine it and make it much more clear and much more accessible you know or relevant and and you know, every day you just kind of sit down and like chip away at this thing and try to polish it and polish it and polish it. And, uh, you know, sometimes you figure out how to do that after the fact. You know, you're walking down the street and you're all of a sudden, like, oh, this would have been a perfect metaphor or this is the common name. Or it's, yeah. I mean, honestly, I left my own devices, I didn't could have written this book for the rest of my life. You know, it tackles a lot of really, really intense subject matter, but at some point you have to let it go. So it's a, uh, I think that that's just as challenging as coming up with it is actually saying goodbye at some point so you can make some progress, but yeah, all the time.
0: Yeah. And that's, well, that's a huge difference, right? So with between self-publishing and traditional, like every other book I did was self-published so I could, Hey, I could take as long as I wanted to do it. Like the, the miracle morning took three years for me to write. And I would, you know, and because I, because I was indulging that, that process where I'm like, I'm not going to rush this. And I'd be reading and, you know, months would go by. And I'm like, ooh, this is an idea I want to incorporate, right? But when it's traditional, you're like, oh, man, they're really... Once this goes to print, they, they don't like when I email them and be like, hey, can we change this? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they really don't. No, they'll, they'll only entertain so many of those before they're like, I'm you know, I'm, 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 learning what the limit is here. But all right. So yeah, so all right, so this, this, this book, The Bullet Journal Method, which we're going to talk a lot more about but that, uh, I can imagine that would be your first book you know, the most significant goal, or at least uh, it's very fresh in your mind. Let's flip the script for a second. And what would you say, and I'll word this a few different ways, so you 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 answer it in the way that, that resonates the most with you, but what was the most significant goal that you, not that you achieved, but that you failed to achieve? Or you could even just take it as just what what was a significant challenge or adversity in your life that you've endured? and And whether it was a goal that you were really working towards that you failed, were just a difficult time in your life, some adversity that you experienced. What, in what ways did that benefit you? Does that make sense? <laughs> sure.
1: Well, I would say that, like, that's true in almost every different category of my life. You know, there's a professional, personal, like, I think there's been a major goal that I failed at in every single thing. I guess to, to be very specific, there have been a couple job opportunities that I was very excited about earlier in my career. You know, and, and in the digital space, a lot of times you have to go through up to like twelve or fifteen rounds of interviews for some of these jobs that I was privileged to even be considered for. Right, and when you start, like I don't want to name the companies necessarily, but when you start, you're like, wow, they're at the first answer is already okay. Let's see more, <laughs> and then like every progressive step, you get closer to this this thing. And one of them, I got to the second to the last round before I was hired, and then for one reason or another, it just didn't work out. So that that was obviously disappointing, especially sure. because you're you're not just like showing up to an interview; you're working for them already. Does that make sense? You know, they they give you projects to solve, and you spend time, you spend your weekends. You know, they want to see how your mind works, and that's not just sitting there talking for half an hour. Sure. So like a lot of time and energy and thought and consideration went into it
0: so i'd imagine that only increases the level of disappointment <laughs> right
1: well, yes and no i mean with, i guess i guess my, my 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 perspective on failure is a little bit different because i grew up with severe learning disabilities right failure was the norm for me and like it became so normal for me that when i succeeded i was suspicious of it like if a teacher liked my work i was like are they, is, is this sympathy or is this, you know, like, did I just luck into it? So it's a, it was a very skewed perspective. And if anything, I think one of the things I achieved was making, <laughs> realizing that, yes, there is value that I can provide. So for me, like, my, my perspective on failure is, is that it's required, right? It's learning. And there are very few instances in my life where, like, there's a pass-fail situation, you know, like this job. Thing was like a perfect example that you either get the job or you don't get the job. But it, you know, it, it I was obviously I was disappointed, but like I moved on very quickly from that because I feel like if 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 I couldn't convince them that I was valuable, then I probably wouldn't prove to be valuable on that end. And I don't want to be in an environment where I'm not providing value. That would make me a very ineffective, unmotivated worker, right? I want to work for a company that sees the value in what I in what I do and what I provide. It's, it's good for them. It's good for me. And like, that's that's a good thing. So for me, it was kind of contextualizing it in that sense. And like, I don't want to luck into something. Does
0: that make sense? Sure, sure, sure. You want to earn it and, and make sure that it's mutually beneficial and, and it's, the, it's the right fit for but for everybody
1: yeah absolutely i mean for me i, I think that in my career one thing that i found out is it's I, I would say pretty early on i was very successful at what i did in my career and i was always just so hungry for like what the company could do for me and what the company could do for me and like that ended up being like a very empty pursuit. And once I started focusing on what I could actually provide, what value I could add, that was significantly more meaningful to me because I would show up knowing why I was there and what I was doing. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Obviously, <laughs> I want to make sure that that the the time and effort that I'm putting into something is appreciated. But like the the, the change in the dynamic was much more important to me. So like I would take jobs that were a lot less. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd not get paid as much. Because I feel like I could add more value and enjoy the work significantly more. So that's like one thing you learn. I mean, I I feel like having gone through this a couple of times, it's always like trying to find a fit where I believe I can add value. So it's not necessarily that I didn't get the job, it's just that I wasn't put into a situation where I would probably be unhappy.
0: That's a beautiful perspective. It's beautiful both on on the front end in terms of your intention, right? I love that your intention is really to add value. I think often in our world, it's people really go through life and it's part of its human nature, but with a, what can I get out of this mentality, right? I want to get the most and squeeze the most, you know, from everything. And I think that when you go through life with a what can I give mentality versus what can I get mentality? uh, I feel like it. It just everything's better. I feel like it's more fulfilling for us as individuals. I feel like it uh, it endears us to other people because they really can tell that we care about what we're contributing, not just what we're getting out of a situation. So I love that you go into it with that. And then the other part is that you were able to reframe the failure or what what someone might consider failure of oh I didn't get the job I put in all that energy and you know and now they're distraught and depressed and you know and discouraged. Whereas you went oh I guess that I was you know that particular company was not the right value alignment right yeah yeah so uh, i I commend you for that but there's also one part
1: i mean i believe all the things that you say and that's really important to me but like on a very practical level too (laughs) it's you can control what you give Mm -hmm. right you can't control what you get so if you focus everything on what you're going to get the chances of you being disappointed are very high right you don't know what will happen but you know what you can provide and like figuring out how you can provide more or be better at that is something that you can really work on. And if if that's where you get you derive your sense of meaning, then you're going to get a lot in that process already. You know, and I'm not saying being completely selfless is the way to go, but if you're gonna invest your time and energy in something, it's like trying to figure out how you can be better, right? And yeah. I, I feel like I've gotten the most out of just always upping my own game, you know, obviously at some point. There has to be a balance in the relationship with your employer, but I feel like I can control what I can get, and if I focus on what I can control, then I can make a lot more progress.
0: Well, you know, you, you just mentioned being about being selfless, and I think that there is such a thing as being—you can be selfishly selfless, right? <laughs> Which is. Meaning, understanding that the more value that you add to another person's life, to an organization, right? Your company, you know, your customer, whatever, the more value that you add, the more valuable you become to them, right? And Mm -hmm. then they're willing to, they like you, they trust you, and they're willing to do business with you or promote you or hire you or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, I think you can understand that, you know what, I can be selfless, understanding that I will get, I'll end up getting more, (laughs) right? The more that I give, the more value that I add, the more it's going to come back. So, you know, if you don't want to be altruistically selfless, which is fine, no judgment either way, you can be selfishly selfless and either way, everybody wins, (laughs) right? So,
1: yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I ran teams of people, right? And then the people who were most disappointed were the people who feel like they couldn't add any value because that's like when boredom and indifference starts to set in. So like for me, as somebody working with a team, like I was always trying to find, a way to align the things that they were interested in with the things that they were working on and like that's when they start to thrive right they're like really into it and then other people see that they're into it and it's like creates energy around them and then people want to work on their team and they know that they're like a team player as opposed to putting somebody on a project you know that they don't want to do you know and, <laughs> and they're kind of mopey or they're like complaining or whining all the time, and then that's the energy they bring into the team. And then I felt that that was the same when I was on teams. And and then it's always just like trying to align people with the sense of meaning and purpose and that, that if they feel they're adding value, then chances of them actually
0: adding value are much higher. Beautiful. And I would imagine when it comes to leading teams, leading other people, the acknowledgement of people, the value people are adding, right? So I, I think that that's got to be crucial so that they're, a, they're aware that you notice, but B, sometimes people aren't even aware of what their, you know, what their greatest contribution is until someone else tells them. And you're like, oh, really? I do that well? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'm going to keep doing it. That's all. I didn't know that. That's all. I'm going to work even harder. Right. So oh, that's Absolutely. awesome. Okay. Um, so let's, let, so my first scribing slash journaling related question, and I want to start broad. What would you say? What's the importance, the value of, scribing, writing, journaling, putting pen or pencil to paper, however you want to put it. But what's the general value of any scribing or journaling practice?
1: I can only speak from my own experience because having done this for a while now, I realize that many people have different purposes why they do it. But for me, it helps me literally go offline for a while. It's, It's the one time where I can sit down and think and like I let my mind catch up with my life, which, you know, as as the digital age kind of encroaches on every single aspect of our life, it's just easy to be distracted. You know, it's like I feel like technology has cured boredom in some ways. <laughs> when somebody's bored immediately the phone goes up or the screen goes on. And I feel like those those in between times used to be the time where we think or digest or have some insight because we are forced to reflect. So for me, journaling allows me to connect with myself and actually see what it is that I'm working on and figure out, most importantly, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And sometimes, often, that answer isn't clear. So when I write, I have an opportunity to actually unpack my thoughts a little bit. So on the one hand, bullet journaling is about keeping very minimal notes, but it also provides the flexibility that if you want to expand on an idea or a thought you know it's just blank paper essentially and, and in my own practice longer form journaling has become more important as well if I get caught up on a challenge and I want to explore it a little bit more or I'm like really upset about, about something like what is it that I'm actually upset about and then it helps me keep my ongoing dialogue with life, a lot more
0: productive. So you mentioned the, the the journaling that you just spoke of. I think you called it long form journaling. It is is I'm, I'm curious on your method. Is that kind of a free writing method where you just start typing and typing and typing and kind of you know get your have have a conversation on paper and get your thoughts out of your head so you can work through them? Or what is your long form journaling? What does that look like? What's that method?
1: Well, so long form journal. I say long form journaling. It's my own term. I'm not sure yeah. there's there's others, but Part of the reason I designed the bullet journal the way I did is that in my own experience, long form journaling just felt like it took so much work, right? Every day I have to sit down and write for half an hour. And for somebody who has ADD, like that's a lot to ask for, especially when you're a kid, right? Because the value isn't clear. Sure. That was the big problem. And just going to sit there, it's like it just turned into more homework. So when I designed the bullet journal, the idea was to kind of get the best out of journaling and, and reduce it to like very small bite-sized pieces of information that you're capturing. That being said, having done it for a long time, I think that there is a world for both. So throughout the day, I will... Maybe something bad happens or something that requires me to think about it longer. And rather than, rather than having to stop in the middle of the day and figure it out, I just put like... So writing the book, for example, I would have a really interesting thought but it, you know, it, it was just the very beginning of an idea. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a baby. You know, it was there and it was alive, but it didn't know anything yet. And so I, I made sure that I captured that. And then when I sit down to write about it, all of a sudden, this tiny little thing started to grow and started to mature, and like this idea or this notion rather started to mature into an idea. So all of a sudden, I took this idea and I actually educated it. You know, and myself and trying to figure out what is the value here what is the purpose of this how can this be helpful in the greater context you know it just by writing you know all of a sudden all those things start to upside like let's say you're in the office and all of a sudden you have like a real problem with a colleague for whatever reason <clears throat> maybe they're just a difficult, difficult personality or they're somehow blocking you from working on what you want to work on you know like take your your pick of reasons why you don't get along with somebody at work and you know there's the option of like immediately like going right into combat you know with this person which i don't know in my experience has never made anything better you know everything just escalates if you immediately react to a poor situation or for me one thing that i would do is i you know I would try to remove myself from the situation if it was if we came to an impasse, like rather than rising to it. And then I, when I had the time, I'd actually sit down and write a letter to this person in my journal, not for the purpose of giving it to them, but for me to be able a, to vent, you know, just to kind of get all that anger, or frustration, or whatever out of my system, and then actually start refining what it is that why am I upset exactly? What about their behavior is causing this? Response in me and by actually writing it out, you know, like, dear whoever, you know, today, this, this and this, like, I could start to clarify. And, and that process was just tremendously helpful because half the time you start realizing things that you had no idea about in the heat of the moment. Like maybe it has nothing to do with what they said. Maybe you were having a bad day and you're putting out a bad vibe and they picked up on that and things went off the rails or they're upset about something that's super valid you know they just expressed it poorly and if you were in their position you would have felt the same way you don't really have that context and clarity when you're you're buddy heads with someone so like that's something i can use long-form journaling for and it just keeps going on and on and on like recently I'm, i'm working on something else right now and i i had this idea and there was a there was a technical issue with this idea. So I started writing out the problem, You know, trying to explain it to somebody else. It's something, I believe the process is called rubber ducking, essentially where you try to explain a problem that you're having to somebody else who doesn't have any context. So you have to be very clear about what the problem is step by step. And in so doing, you're clarifying it to yourself as well. And in that process, all of a sudden you might get insight or make progress where you weren't able to before. So long form journaling can, it just serves its purpose. And that, that was the big change for me because at first long form journaling was homework, but now I use it only when I have to. And when I do, it adds value. So I look forward to that opportunity and that changed everything.
0: I love it. I love it all. Now with long form journaling, I I call, I would call it free writing. That's like same thing. I think just different name for it. I want to get into bullet journaling now which uh you are the inventor of creator of so you're the man to talk to about this and and I want to say this and I'm going to ask you for your kind of you know your explanation of what bullet journaling is what I like about your book I should say what I love about it, it and for anybody listening this is really something to consider as writer you, your book teaches people not just the bullet journaling method but through that it, th- this book really teaches you how to think how to think more effectively because just by Bullet journaling, right? You're having to think more effectively to get more clarity and organize your thoughts, your life, your activities, uh, your goals, all of that. In fact, you have an entire chapter on goals. I, I just think this book really teaches you, teaches a method. The bullet journaling method isn't just writing in a journal following your method to me, it's thinking in a way that allows us to feel more in control of our life more in control of our days, uh, and, it, and then we see tangible results in the form of increased productivity. So I think it makes you feel better internally about your life, about your goals, about your accomplishments, and it actually propels you to accomplish more than you would otherwise. So that, that's my layman's kind of uh, definition or explanation or what I love about the bullet journaling method. I'd love to hear your explanation of what is bullet journaling um, and, uh, and you know, how can it help people.
1: Sure. I like to describe it as a mindfulness practice that's disguised as a productivity system. Okay. So at the, at the end of the day, the bullet journal method isn't a notebook. It uses a notebook as a tool. On the one hand, you have... So the methodology is comprised of two main components. On one hand, you have the system. And the system is what most people who are familiar with bullet journaling have seen online, which is the visual representation. So you have the system, but on the other hand, you have the practice. And the practice helps us form a routine of introspection and with various things that I describe in the book, like what do you do with the practice of introspection? So the system part is based and focuses on productivity, which I think we live in a culture now that, that nearly worships productivity yeah like we have to be productive we have to get more done you know and and i think it's gotten to a point where it's become unhealthy right because we we fill our days with doing so many things but we can like very productively work days weeks months years towards goals that are completely empty right these goals are things that we didn't necessarily think through or maybe we uh, automatically accepted them from our culture or instagram feeds i have plenty of stories of people who quit their jobs and became like a yoga teacher in costa rica only to come back because they realized like that wasn't really for them so on the one hand we have productivity which can be very helpful but i also feel like there's a very important component missing from productivity and that's where mindfulness comes in mindfulness many different people have different definitions of what mindfulness is so for me mindfulness is about becoming present right it's it's about kind of understanding where you are or at least being (laughs) being okay with things as they are you don't need anything you know there's nothing more you're just there and in that space you're just making space for you to start learning from your experience because you start feeling things that you haven't before you realize your stress, you feel how tired you are or how excited you are. And with time you can start to correlate those experiences with the actual events in your life. You know, you can start understanding why you feel the way you do because you have a record of what you're doing. And in that space, you have, you can get insight, you know, like what do you want more of? What do you want less of? What is important? What is a distraction? But the problem is with mindfulness is that all those insights, like anything you would read or see or gain from art, you learn these things about yourself or the world that could be incredibly impactful and improve your life, empowering. You know, take your pick, whatever it is. But then six months down the line, where is it? Right? It's it's probably not it playing a role in your life. And the reason is because these insights and these thoughts are simply ideas and we forget them so for me what's really important is, is actually taking these insights and applying them to our life and our everyday life in a very practical way so what bullet journal method tries to do is help you align the actions with your beliefs you know productivity defines our actions and our and mindfulness helps us clarify and surface our beliefs, so the idea is to align your actions with your beliefs so you can live a more intentional life and' that's, that's what I'm trying to get across in the book um, because I think one without the other is just not as helpful or as impactful as it could be.
0: I love it so align your actions with your beliefs so you can live a more intentional life and uh, and, and I, yeah, I think that you you said it better than I did, which is just that that it, it's giving or you, you said it that it's a mindfulness. The bullet journal is a the method is a mindfulness practice disguised as a productivity system. But of course, being that it gives you both, right? It, it it allows you to be more mindful and and have those insights that are extraordinarily valuable. And then, in the way that you're organizing and journaling through the bullet journaling method, you then hand those insights over to the productivity as- productivity aspect of the bullet journaling method, right? And then now, all of a sudden, those become real, actionable. Tangible improvements in whatever area of life you're applying them to. I'm going to ask you kind of an off the kind of off the cuff. Uh, we're going to take a little diversion and we'll come right back. But you know, it seems right now that so many people, uh, especially entrepreneurs, want to start a movement. Right? It's it's a real buzzword. You know, we're starting the move this, this movement, that movement. You know, people we want to change the world. But again, it's very rare. You know, it's 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 easier said than done, and it's a grandiose vision. I think it's beautiful, and uh, and I've experienced it. You know, by almost by accident, where this Miracle Morning thing has become this global movement, and so you literally have done the same thing, where you've got this bullet journaling method. uh, This it's become this movement. It's practiced by hundreds of thousands, if not millions. I don't know the number, uh, but people uh, around the world. Like I said, I learned about it from my business partner in the Miracle Morning book series, Honoré Porter. She is a you know, she's she's shown me her stack of journals that she's got, right? She, her bullet journal, she keeps record of them. It's her life, uh, you know, and in, in she can look back and reflect on her life. Um, so anyway, I always want to ask you, regarding the movement, did you ever imagine that you would create a movement and uh, whether or not you imagined it and planned for it, now looking back and even looking at what you've created, uh, what advice would you give to someone who wants to make that impact, change the world, uh, and, and create a movement like you have.
1: My advice would be: start by changing yourself. Don't try to fix the world before you understand what you need. Right, that's all the Bullet Journal ever was. It was my attempt to overcome or mitigate the own challenges that I had, and then I shared what I learned. That was it. Was, the movement was unexpected. It was never part of the design. I don't know. I, I just feel like if as the saying goes if you want to change the world you change yourself that's that's how it begins and share what you learn maybe something that you learn is something that nobody has seen before or hasn't heard about in that way or it's reintroduced to them in a way that they can understand better or at a better part of their life and and i feel like that's where it begins and i feel like it's either something that you change in yourself or it's you solving a very particular challenge in the world. I would say most of the movements that I've seen that have started with individuals are people fixing a problem in their own space. And then people believe in that. And that's where it begins. I don't know very many movements. And you know this might just be my own ignorance admittedly, but where people set out to change the world and then that's what happens. Yeah. Right. They, Usually, people set out to fix something, and people believe in that endeavor, and then they will join them.
0: And then it just and then it just spreads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most movements. I think you're right. They they are organic. Absolutely. Now, you you've been the, the bullet journal. What what year did this method? Uh, what year did you create it? And then what year did you start making it public and, and telling other people about it? It's really hard to
1: say when I started because it didn't arrive fully formed. Right? What you see today is the result of decades, literally, of me just. Solving one small challenge at a time. And then the things that proved to be effective started to aggregate. You know, I had like more and more solutions to very, very common problems. At least at, at the time, I didn't realize these were common problems. I thought they were me problems. <laughs> sure. And I figured out how those, you know, figured out relationships between these different solutions and how they can actually have compounding interest if they're linked and all those things. But then I shared the bullet journal when I finally sat down and actually tried to teach it. That was about five
0: and a half, six years ago at this point. So five or six years, years ago that it's been, it's been out spreading. Okay. Got it. Now, yeah, what, what, what do you, Oh, go ahead. No, uh, I was going to say
1: like, it's still an ongoing thing. That's still being, <laughs> that's continues to evolve and, and be refined as I learn more about it. And as I learn more about the community. So, these are just different milestones for me. It was like the first version of the site, the second version of the site. You know, now there's a third version of the site, and it's, it's um, yeah, an, an ongoing thing. So it's, it's hard to say when, when was it presented to the world. It keeps being reintroduced as I learn and as I learn what my community needs, right it's, it's, they help me grow. that's probably one of the most exciting things about it all.:
0: When you say the site, are you talking about bulletjournal.com?
1: That's how it was originally released to the public. Was through the So website? one day, I, yeah, well, I sat down for, I believe, two weeks and took this idea that I were, this, this tool set that I had developed for myself, and then tried to figure out a way to teach it to people. And th- that in itself is an interesting process. I'm using a digital medium to teach an analog system. So it was a personal project, again, that I just hoped would help people avoid or at least mitigate the same problems that I had to deal with, and, you know, learn from my lessons. Now, spe-
0: speaking of, you know, you mentioned digital a few times, what would you say to someone like me who prefers digital over analog? Um, what, yeah. What, what, what would you say about the bullet journaling method, uh, for, I guess, to first pers- convince me I should, you know, should get out of the digital or, or try both or integrate both or, yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious. Cause I know obviously a lot of people, do everything on their phone, and I'm, you know, I'm one of those people that does most things on the phone. So yeah. So what are your, what would you say to somebody uh, that's mostly digital?
1: A lot of people ask me is like, digital or analog, and I don't think it's like digital versus analog at all. I think it's digital and analog. They're both just tools, and for me, it's about figuring out what the tools actually have an impact on your life. So as a digital product designer, I completely appreciate the power and opportunity that technology has given us. I wouldn't be where I am today without it, right? Yeah. Like my entire business is virtual. I, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible what people are able to do with technology today. And it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful with how it helps us connect with the world around us. But I feel that it often fails because it's helping us connect with the world within. And if you feel Consistently overwhelmed and you feel like you're not making progress, then maybe it's not about adding, you know, more apps to the, to the Frankenstein that we all end up creating, right? It's maybe take a step back from all of that and figure out what tools are actually adding value to your life. I found myself, you know, being, a, being an early adopter often and starting to build or starting to introduce apps into my life that were solving problems that I didn't have. <laughs> you know, they would promise like, Oh, here's this new app, and you create a calendar appointment, and it sets it and, it it, and all these things. And I'm like, wow, that sounds great, and I'd get caught up in that, and I'd spend so much time getting organized that nothing would get done. And I feel like we can get caught in that because we always want to be better, and a lot of times people are selling us these things that hold this promise that we can buy into if we're not acutely aware of what is actually adding value. And for me, taking a step back, and actually using my notebook, all of a sudden, like, oh, wow, I got way more done, taking 10 minutes out of my day, thinking about this project before working on it for three weeks and realizing it wasn't important to begin with. I would say the analog, at least for me, provides an alternative that gives you an opportunity just to take a moment, right, where you're not going to get notifications and you're not going to, like, start planning your trip and then end up buying shoes and then ordering food, you know, like it, it,
0: it's, it's too frictionless and then checking Facebook and then, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And all of a
1: sudden you end up like having to update your computer because you haven't done that. And so, you know, it's just a never, end, a never ending possibilities for distraction. Yeah. And what I like about the analog, at least for myself, is that I realized that every time I would design an app, I would step away from the computer and actually sit down and start drawing it out and start, thinking about things and I could just get more work done because I wasn't distracted. And also just like writing by hand connects your mind and your body in a way that typing just doesn't. It takes more effort, but that that amount of friction slows you down enough to actually have insights and, and start to identify patterns you haven't before. And I, I think that if you're not interested in what you're hearing, then I'm not here to convince people. But if you are I guess the thing is just try it out. You know what I mean? And see if it makes a difference. That's all. That's all I would say. If you're interested in what you're hearing and, you know, most people have access to pen and paper, it's a system that is upgraded based on what you actually need. And you're the one that's designing the software at all times. And that software will continuously change. You know, like I'm sure your own experience, you found like the ultimate app to do this thing. And then life happens, and all of a sudden you realize that that app isn't really doing what you need anymore. But now you're beholden to that app. With with a notebook, it becomes whatever you need it to be. It meets you wherever you are. It's limited mostly by your imagination. But that being said, you're not going to send emails with your notebook. You're not going to copy a URL into your notebook, find the tools that help you become more productive. And I've just seen it so many times now that people realize that just, spending some time with their mind with a pen in their hand can be the most impactful time they spend in a day because it helps them clarify what it is that they need to do and prioritize in a way that's free of distractions. So when they re engage with technology, all of a sudden they're much more focused.
0: I love it. Uh, I I agree a hundred percent and it's almost like meditation, like, you know. You're not going to meditate while you're, yes, there are meditation apps on the phone and guided meditation, but you know you wouldn't be meditating while you have your notifications turned on and <laughs> right? all of yeah. that. And I think journaling in the same way, I think you just give a beautiful description or just uh, the way you articulated uh, kind of the benefits of, of good old-fashioned pen to paper. And, and our brain does work in a different way when we're actually writing letters out, words out versus just point tapping with our finger on a screen. Yeah, and
1: and also like sorry, just one thing to add clarity there. Also, writing by hand takes longer, which people are be like. Ooh, I don't like that. But when it takes longer, it, it forces you to use a different vocabulary. It forces you to think in a way that it isn't uh, that you haven't before. When you slow down and you slow down the way that you think, all of a sudden you're forced to clarify things. Your you, the economy of your language helps you produce something that's much more focused. Often, right? It's like what is the most important thing that I need to write down here? When you're typing, you're, you don't have that pressure, right? It's because you can write, and write, 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 write. But when you're writing by hand, like your arm gets tired or like, you know, whatever. It's that there's actual more of a cost and that, that friction helps you really narrow down to the point of, I would say, greatest clarity or most value or that you can manage in that moment just because there is a little bit more of a cost. It's a little bit more of an investment so you rise to the occasion over and over and over again. And that can be incredibly valuable.
0: I love that your book has so many pictures in it, right? Maybe it's the kid in me, but uh, it, it really is beautifully designed in that you know, since bullet journaling is an analog, you're actually writing things out in a journal throughout the entire... Book. Um, there are all sorts of you know dotted pages uh, with exam- real world examples of of what you're going to be writing in your bullet journal, and it really is. Um, I mean, to me, this this book is like it's like taking a semester long class on journaling, uh, bullet journaling specifically. But I mean, it, you did such a great job just really teaching and breaking it down and unpacking everything. Um, the fastest way for somebody to learn about bullet journaling, I would imagine, is bulletjournal.com dot com or grab the book on Amazon. What's the best place to uh, to get in touch with you to learn about bullet journaling? You know, Really, for somebody, I guess, that's not familiar with it. If they're familiar, obviously, they're going to buy the book or they've already got it. If they're not familiar at all, what would be the first place to go? Would it be go buy the book, go to bulletjournal.com and get some some free resources? Well, what's the best way for somebody to start following uh, the bullet journaling method? I mean, I think the lowest
1: barrier to entry is going to bulletjournal.com, which introduces a lot of things that we talked about. But if you want to delve deeper that's really what the book was designed for to really take the time to spell things out very clearly so the introductions boldjournal.com you get a five-minute lesson for free which will teach you the basics of the system if you're more interested in the practice and the mindfulness then the book is definitely the way to go
0: perfect beautiful man well yeah i'm, I'm reading the book right now and uh really enjoying it like you said it's helping me to think improve my thinking not just my journaling and uh you know i think it'll it all starts there. So, uh, well, Ryder, man, I, anything else you want to share with, uh, with the Achieve Your Goals uh, listeners?
1: Well, actually, I would say that, that, that one thing I would recommend for people who are interested in bullet journal, they may have seen it online on Instagram or Pinterest and see very, very elaborate examples out there. I would like to let people know that that's not how it needs to look. It's always about content and not about presentation. You don't have to have a single artistic bone in your body. To start bullet journaling, if that is your goal,
0: got it. So yeah, that's yeah. I saw that was one of your frequently asked questions. Just do I need to be artistic to do this? Because yeah, there are some, <laughs> okay, there are some a lot. people that show off their Picasso level, you know, art that they do in their bullet journal, and I could see how that yeah that might intimidate somebody. Cool, man. Well, I, I'm a fan writer. I thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And for everybody listening, the bullet journal method is the book. Track the past, order the present, design the future by writer carol and uh, you can get it where books are sold and i'd encourage everybody to go to bulletjournal.com to kind of get started and get a you know fast track your way to understanding the method and then you'll you'll know if you want to dive deeper and, and go through the book which i do highly recommend writer thank you for joining my friend i really appreciate you thanks so much for having me all right my pleasure and goal achievers i love you i appreciate you and i will talk to y'all next week